welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, this has been an interesting year. We know that 2020 is not the kind of year we anticipated. However, once again, I say that by the end of this year, we are going to see signs, wonders, miracles, the manifestation of the glory of the one and only true God, Daddy God, Abba Father, you hey, vai, hey. This is also the year of 5,780, the Jewish calendar year. Once again, God is going to manifest His power, His glory this year. Now, as you know, I have spent the last two broadcasts talking about the five wise versions. But prior to that, I had done eight episodes, eight podcasts on how to divorce proof your marriage. And now the Holy Spirit has told me to interrupt that series and talk about the five wise versions. So let's do a quick recap, a quick micro spiral of what we've covered so far about the five wise versions and why Daddy God, you hey, vai, hey, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit are so urgent about us understanding about the five wise versions. We know the story goes like this, that there were 10 versions that were waiting for the bridegroom. These 10 versions were in anticipation of going to the wedding feast. The Jewish tradition is that the bridegroom comes normally in the dead of night, around midnight probably, along with his groomsmen, and they have torches. And they come to get, he comes to get his bride. We know that the bridegroom doesn't know even when he's going to go because it is the father. It is the father that tells the bridegroom, it's time to go get your bride. We know that in the Jewish tradition that the engagement is for a minimum of a year and they are considered to be married, betrothed. During that time, the bridegroom goes back to his father's house and builds an addition normally onto the house for his new bride. So there are a lot of parallels to this to our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, right? So we know that Christ Jesus has gone to be back to heaven and to prepare his, our, our new home, our mansions, right? He is preparing a place for his bride, the church. And Christ Jesus does not even know when he is going to be sent back to receive his bride, the church. It is the father, daddy guy, you hey, vahe, who, in, who will tell him when it is time to go. So when the bridegroom is instructed by his father to go get his bride, it is normally in the, in the dead of night. And the bridesmaid, the bridesmaids, 
are basically like the groomsmen for the bride, for the groom, right? So the bridemaids have lamps. They have oil lamps. This represents the Holy Spirit, right? This represents being filled with God's Spirit. So they must have oil. The lamp must be filled with oil. Now, the interesting thing that the Lord brought out to us about this is that five of the bridesmaids brought extra oil. Five of the bridesmaids had a contingency plan. Five of the bridesmaids were prepared to be to be ready for the bridegroom no no matter at what time he was going to come. Now we understand that those five bridesmaids had an extra burden. They had extra weight. They had to carry the extra oil unlike the other five bridesmaids who opted not to have extra oil. Why? And guess what? They didn't have to carry the extra weight. They didn't have to carry the extra oil. Right? So it was a it was an easier journey for them. They didn't have the extra weight of the extra oil, right? So what happens? The interesting thing about the story is is that what? Both the wise bridesmaids and the foolish bridesmaids or virgins as you would say, both slept because the bridegroom tarried. That means it took longer than anticipated for him to arrive to pick up his bride. And guess what? We learned in the last broadcast, dun, 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 the horn sounded. And guess what? The bridesmaids woke up and they knew that the bridegroom was almost here. He was almost here. And guess what? They were scrambling. They were fixing their hair. They were checking their clothes. They got their lamps. And guess what? The lamps were sputtering out of oil. Both, what? The five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. And guess what? The five wise virgins reached down, pulled out their extra oil, poured it into their lamp. And guess what? Their lamps were burning hot and bright, prepared for the bridegroom. The interesting thing was that the five foolish bridesmaids who did not carry the extra oil, who did not go through the extra burden of having extra oil, asked the five wise bridesmaids to please loan them some of their oil. And this was another sign of wisdom, of wisdom of the five wise bridesmaids. Normally, you would want to help your brothers and sisters. Normally, you would want to share. Because guess what happened? We, we heard the bridegrooms coming. And guess what they said? No, because the five wise virgins said, no, we cannot share our oil because if we share our oil, we both may be out of oil by the time the bridegroom 
arrives. So the wise bridesmaids or the wise five virgins told the foolish virgins, go into the city, buy you some more oil and maybe you'll make it back in time. But we cannot share our oil. So guess what? The five foolish virgins had to do an extra trip. They had to go back into town. They had to buy the oil. Then they had to come back to the destination spot for entering into the wedding feast. And guess what? The bridegroom came. The bridegroom came when the five foolish bridesmaids were going out to get extra oil. So the five wise virgins that had to go through the extra burden of carrying extra oil, which made their journey a little bit more arduous, made it a little bit heavier because they had extra versus the five foolish virgins didn't have, didn't, they didn't have to go through all of that. So we also learned in the earlier broadcast, what does it mean to have your lamp? Fill of oil, full of oil, right? How do you, what does that mean to have a lamp full of oil? So what does it mean? It means that you're in the word. You're reading the word. You're meditating on the word. You're chewing the word. You're applying the word to your life. You are filling yourself up. You're filling yourself up with the word of God. You're having your mind renewed every day with the word of God. Rain, snow, sleet or shine. You are all about your father's business. What does that mean? That means that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you are about the kingdom of God, that you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things, all other things shall be added on to you. It means that your agenda is God's agenda. It means that you are no longer centered on yourself, that you are Christ centered. That's what we ended the broadcast with. We ended with wise, the wise virgins. They were Christ centered. They were centered about the father's business. They were not concerned about themselves. They were concerned about being prepared to receive the bridegroom and to enter into the wedding feast. So what happens? The five wise virgins go into the wedding feast, which is phenomenal. It is awesome. Guess what? They didn't have to worry about their lamps being filled anymore. They were in, they were with the light. They were with Christ Jesus. They were with fellow members of the body of Christ who also had their lamps, their lamps filled. And what happened to the five foolish virgins? The five foolish virgins, they were bamming on the door. They were bamming on the gate. They were trying to get in. They were crying out to God. They were crying out to God and they were saying, Lord, let us in. And Jesus, the son of God, Yahshua HaMashiach, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the one that died for everybody on planet Earth. His blood was shed for the sin of every human that was ever born, that is born and will be born in the future. Jesus' blood was shed for everybody. Therefore, 
There is no excuse. You choose him. You choose Christ Jesus. It is your choice to accept the free gift. And he said to the five foolish virgins, depart from me, for I never what? Knew you. Depart from me, for I never what? Knew you. Wow. Wow. And we ended that broadcast with, let's, let's, let's apply this to today. If this represented, if the 10 bridesmaids represented the church and God, Jesus the Christ himself is telling his disciples this story. So he is telling him something about the future, right? That means if this is a parallel, 50% of the church is foolish and 50% of the church is wise. 50%. That means half of the body of Christ will not be prepared, will not have their lamps filled, right? And they will not be going to the wedding feast, okay? So what does that mean? What does that mean to us? I had to I had to step back and examine myself. I had to think about what am I not doing and what am I doing but not doing with all my heart? Am I truly seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because Christ Jesus and through the revelation in chapters the, the book of Revelation Jesus Christ actually says to a group of, we're thinking they're believers. Matter of fact, they actually said they prophesied in God's name. They cast out demons in God's name. They healed the sick. They walked in the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. They did signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, right? They did this, but Jesus told them, depart from me. For I never yada, which is a Hebrew word for intimacy, the Hebrew word for um, inter intercourse. Um, so it is a a major major um, deal. These people actually are functioning in the fivefold ministry, right? The fivefold ministry: evangelists, right? Prophets, right? Pastors. Right? Right? Teachers. Right? Apostles. These people are operating in the fivefold ministry and they are told, depart from me, I never knew you. 50%. Half, half of the body of Christ is under the illusion that they are saved, that they're going to heaven, that they are the bride of Christ. Something, something's going on here. And the Holy Spirit is trying to have me sound the warning bell, including for myself. So now let's take this a little bit further. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's find out exactly, exactly what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us, get ready, get ready, get ready. He's trying to tell us, examine yourself, judge yourself. One of the things that, one of the things that the coronavirus did do is this. It caused 
everybody to do a reset. It caused everybody to slow it down. It caused everybody to say, okay, what is really important? It caused everybody to now I got to spend time with my wife and my husband now instead of in and out like ships in the night. It caused everybody to say, I've got to actually spend time with my children now. Matter of fact, I might even have to teach my children now. It caused everybody to, to re-examine their relationships, the relationship with God, their relationship with their fellow man, their family and friends, their relationship on their jobs. Basically, everything, everything, everything had to be re-examined. This is what was caused by this coronavirus. Now, God didn't bring this virus. This is not of God. Rest assured, God doesn't have to use a virus to get people's attention. But Satan, this is definitely the hand of Satan. But let, let me tell you something. God will use everything, everything for his good and for the good of his church. And so this is a time in the body of Christ that we need to wake up. And examine ourselves and be truthful with ourselves and judge ourselves according to the word of God. We have a lot of things that are happening in this world right now. And there's a spirit of deception that is that is permeating this planet. And guess what? Without the Holy Spirit, you too can be deceived, just like I can be deceived. So one of the things that I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say about Edith, you need to be one of the five wise virgins. That means I need to read my word more. I need to meditate on the word of God more. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey the Holy Spirit. I need to become Christ-centered, not, not self-centered, Right? So now I am going to be Christ-centered. What does that mean, Dr. Dave? What does that mean, being Christ-centered? Well, Moses, in the Word of God, it says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Did you know it was Moses that wrote that in the Bible? So what does that mean exactly? How can you be humble when you write in the book that you are the most humble man on the face of the planet? He was writing down what God said about him, right? And so a lot of people don't understand that self-centeredness has two ends of the spectrum. Everybody is aware of one end of the spectrum, which is you're boastful, you're prideful, it's all about you. You are the king of the of the of the you are the captain of your ship. You running this. Okay? You are prideful. You think you're everything in a bag of chips, right? But there's another end of the spectrum that people don't realize that is also self-centeredness and pride. And this is the one where you say, I am a worm. I am nothing. Oh, no, I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, I can't do all things in in Christ Jesus. No, no, I'm nothing. That is pride because you have basically gone against what God said about you. No, you are Christ-centered. Christ-centered means that it's not about you. It's all about Christ. And whatever Christ tells you to do, you will do. The long and short of everything is, is that we have this Christ-centered, this Christ-centered 
lifestyle that I need to walk in more. And everybody needs to examine themselves and say, am I, am I walking in being offended? Because God told me over 30 years ago, eat if you can't afford to be offended. Now, you're going to get offended, but you, what he's saying is let it go. We forgive and move on. You don't have time to hold a grudge. You don't have time. Yes, people are going to do you wrong. Yes, there are going to be things that are going to happen to you that is not fair, but let it go because it is a hindrance to God moving through you. And Satan is good about that. He makes sure you get offended at least once a day, right? So you got to let that go. The other thing God talked about for me was Edith walking forgiveness. That's another hard one. But I learned the lesson that forgiveness is not about them. It's about me. If I can release them and forgive them, then it unblocks it unblocks all that blockage from Satan and it permits the blessing of God to flow through me. And God is the judge, not me. God intimately knows us. And he knows our motives. We do not know people's motives. So those are the things that I have been wrestling with and thinking about as I prepare for the coming of the Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus is coming and he's coming for a bride, which is the church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. One of the interesting things about the coronavirus, and I didn't anticipate it, but it when it played out this way, was even the church was shut down during this virus to a certain extent. So my thought is why? And I the first thing that came in my spirit is God is coming for a church without spot or blemish. And basically, he's coming for a church that's about his agenda, his kingdom. And so we're going to have to have some what? Cleaning up and some redirecting and some renewing of our minds. And a lot of churches, unfortunately, leadership have been looking at the sheep as the source when God is the source. If you got a big mega church and you very, very um, concerned about the numbers because you have a mega church that you have to keep going. You got to have the electricity running. You got to have pay the staff. You got to make sure you take care of the missionaries that you support. You've got a lot of things that you have to do. And so it is easy sometimes to take your eyes off of Christ Jesus our high priest, our king, our heavenly Boaz, and look at the sheep. And God wasn't having it anymore. He was done with that. These pe- these pastors, these people in leadership needed to start looking at him as the source. I'm, I'm happy to say at Christian, well, no longer it's All Nations Church. It used to be called Christian Heritage we haven't missed a beat. We have not the we have matter of fact it the offerings have increased, not decreased. The tithing has increased, not decreased. What's happened? We are still taking care of all the missionaries throughout the world that God has given us stewardship over. We are still paying the staff. We are still keeping the lights on because it's God is our source, not not man. So one of the interesting things that I think we need to acknowledge as we examine ourselves in this time 
of reflection because in shortly game over wherever you are wherever position you are in when the bridegroom comes that is going to dictate whether you are going up in the rapture for the next seven years and go to the wedding feast in the rapture or you are going to be left behind to deal with the antichrist and the beast so the false prophet the antichrist which is the beast so I don't want to I really don't want to deal with that I want to go to heaven and I want to be at the wedding supper the next seven years while people are left behind here are going to go through trials and tribulations they're going to be beheadings of the saint they're going to be the 144,000 right who are going to go out and minister minister to the lost Many will be saved during this time and many will be executed because they chose not to take the sign of the beast. So it's going to be a very and very hard time once the rapture is over because the Holy Spirit will lift up. We are the restrainer. We, the body of Christ, the Lord, Holy Spirit, we are the restrainer. We are restraining we are holding back the evil. And you say, wow, if this is holding back evil, man, well, we don't really need you. Oh, yes, you, you may think that. But guess what? You can't imagine how dark it's going to be, how evil is going to be once the bride, once the church is raptured up, once the five wise virgins, once that 50% of the body of Christ is raptured up to heaven. You don't, you can't imagine how evil it's going to be. It's going to be beyond what you can even think of. And we've seen some awful, awful things in this world. The, the Holocaust, the killings of over 6 million Jews. Um, we've seen Cambodia, the killing of all the, these um, Vietnamese. I mean, it was, it's awful in Cambodia, the people killed in Cambodia. We've seen the Iron Cur Curtain. Um, all the things that happened in East Germany, all the things that happened under Stalin. I think it was 26 million people were killed under his reign. It's going to be horrendous. You don't want to be left behind. But, but despite all of that, there will be people who will accept Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior at the cost of their very lives. And we've been through this before. In the first century church, we had many believers fed to the lions for, for pleasure of the Roman, Roman citizens. We've had Christians basically um, impaled and then put tar around them and lit up like candles for the gardens of, of the emperor of Rome. We have seen Man's inhumanity to man go beyond compare. We know for a fact that we've lost millions and millions of unborn children to abortion. And we've also had awful, awful, awful injustices to groups of people such as African-Americans and American Indians and so forth and so on. George Floyd having 
the literally life crushed out of him. So we have seen evil on all ends of the spectrum. We have trafficking right now. Poor young men, young men and women are, are kidnapped and put into a life of slavery. That's happening right now. And this is with the restraining of the church. This is with the restraining of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? I don't want to know. I want to be part of the five wise virgins. I want to be at the wedding feast. Spiritual believers, examine yourself. Examine yourself. Make sure that you are keeping your lamp filled. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Keep it filled. Keep it filled with the Word of God. Keep it filled with the Lord God Holy Spirit. I don't want to end this broadcast without saying Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. 